Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Evolutionary Underground, episode number 17. Steve and the Mobster joining me. How's it going, buddy? How you doing today? We're all good. They were talking about one of our favorite uh, approved sources and products and how to run them. Yeah, and today we have a special bulking episode, and we're going to talk about Trembolone and Sustanon bulking. So, you know, and this is going to be Geneza Pharma, and Geneza Pharma has some really cool products that they have with both Trembolone and Sustanon. So we're going to talk about those, what they have to offer. And, um, you know, Genez is a great brand. They're worldwide brand and they're known. Any bodybuilder, if you go to any other country, any top end bodybuilder is going to know Geneza and they probably are going to use them. Um, they know that they're quality. They know that they're legit. They know that they're going to get great service as well. So with Tremblon and Sustanon, yes, you can bulk with them, but let's get into what is bulking. And there's different definitions of bulking that are out there. So I bring in Mobster. Mobster used to be really, really skinny. Now you're really, really big. So obviously <laughs> you've you changed. How did you go from being skinny to getting big and strong through bulking? How did you do it? What I, is, I would say yeah. I, I, I've made the classic mistake back in the day, Steve, because as you say, I I wouldn't say um now looking back. I thought I was skinny. And obviously this is very much the case of uh, a lot of guys out there thinking the same. I was 175 pounds when I was age 18, started training when I was 15. Uh, and I've made the classic mistake, for example, of using um, mega mass type products, 2000 calories and all that kind of stuff. I think the the most gains I had was on uh, what weed is weight gain number seven. And that was, uh, I found out later on skim milk powder and sugar. So yeah, I mean, the reality is I've gained, and I've mentioned this to you in other podcasts and on the forum, I've actually gained the same amount of weight as other people on an average per year, but I've just been training such a long time that those averages, a few pounds here, a few pounds there, have added up and added up and added up. I would say key, Steve, for me, is always, always going to be eating more than you need. The, the trick, as you know, is not to just eat crap. It's not to do those 2,000 calorie drinks or whatever else. And I would actually argue to be patient. I might even be slightly guilty, probably a little bit more than slightly guilty, of what being what you call a perma bulker. But then that's because I don't consider myself now a bodybuilder, more of a weightlifter, more of a strength athlete. So, uh, you know, if, you, if my fairy godmother wakes, waves a magic wand and I wake up in the morning with a six-pack at this weight, that would be great. But it's not a necessity for what I do. Where if, if if your thing, listeners, is for aesthetics, if your thing is for being uh, more muscular, uh, visibly more muscular, veins and separation and so on and so forth, then then there's a different approach. But I mean, as I, Steve Steve knows, I've gained, I believe, Steve, the average has been four pounds a year. And, and you know, and I know that when we talk to clients, when we talk to people online. When we look across all the forums and for the whole time that you and I have been lifting, four pounds a year is kind of typical. 
but I've been doing this for over 40 years. So that's the reason why I am as big as I am and so on and so forth. I also think arguably my height helps and there might even be a small amount of genetics in this. They've essentially me plugging away, eating to support what I weigh and then eating ever so slightly more. Something else as well, Steve, you and I have talked about this on the forums multiple times. My gains, your gains have never been consistent. There seems to be a period of time for me when I have gained, I will gain four pounds, five pounds, even as much as nine pounds. There's been a couple of times like that throughout the years. And then it takes me a minimum of three to six months to get used to it. Again, that's me now at this age being far more patient and, and ready for that kind of size versus the younger guys, which we've all been when we're super hungry and we want those gains yesterday and we want the 20 pounds and we want to be the size of ours as quickly as possible. In reality, those things are difficult. But yeah, really, guys, heavy training and diet. Uh, and if you can't get those two things down, Pat, then, then there's no point doing anything else. Once you've got those two in place and they're solid and you're, you're allowing for the new size, then we bring in the trend, then we bring in the SAS, then we bring in the Genesis product. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, and at the end of the show, we're going to go over more tips. Now, a lot of you are kind of like listening close. You want to hear mobsters' tips and trips. So we're going to save that till the end. But, um, you know, I want to kind of talk about, you know, bulking, the definition of bulking. And I think the definition of bulking, I think, mobster, you hit it on the head. It's, it's basically, you know, eating more food than your body needs and gaining gaining mass. And when you grow up skinny, you know, I think that there's that insecurity. I can remember I went out to play football when I was a freshman in high school and I weighed probably like 115 pounds, you know, five foot six, 115 pounds. They didn't even give me my own locker, you know, to uh, for football, you know, because, you know, who was I? I was just some skinny kid, you know, who comes out to play football. You know, they're not going to give they're not going to give a shit about me. So I was lucky to basically get to play at all. So, um, you know, what happened was I started hitting the weights, I started to eat more. And uh, by the time I was a senior, I was um, a state champion weightlifter. So, you know, it's all about hitting the weights. It's all about getting bigger, getting stronger. And that's my idea of bulking. I don't think bulking is necessarily just like, you know, just gaining 100 pounds. I don't think that's that's just bulking. But I think bulking can also be putting on even 10, 15 pounds and yeah. getting a hell of a lot stronger. And I think that's that could be a definition of bulking too. But Mobster, why don't you touch on that a, a little bit? What yeah, do you I think? Mean, one, one more thing, guys. And it's, 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 it's one of those strange arguments that we sometimes get into debates even on the forums. Right. So Steve and I know how to get fat. We could just eat crap, double up on our calories, and we would, we would get fat. That's not bulking. That's just getting fat. Uh, and equally... It's not about adding four pounds of muscle tissue, right? Because I would argue that's called a lean gain, or if you like, a lean bulk. Bulking for me is that kind of sweet spot between, let, let, I mean, probably about 70, 30, don't you think, Steve? When, let's say for argument's sake, guys, that you gained 10 pounds, bulking for me would be six or seven pounds of raw muscle with the additional strength that comes with raw muscle and a little bit of fat. That doesn't mean to say you've got to get fat, your belly needs to be hanging out or anything like that. But it's literally just getting bigger. Now, that's not more ripped. That's not with more muscle popping or whatever else. Now, guys sometimes get a little bit confused. And again, I say Steve says we'll get into the specific tips. But what I do see sometimes 
is a confusion where you're walking around with a six pack, you decide to put on three or four pounds of tissue and it gets a little bit more, a little bit of fat gets added and your six pack starts to disappear. And some guys go into panic mode. Uh, for me, bulking would not be worrying about my six pack. It would not be worrying about whether I can see my intercostals or the separation in my chest. It would literally be a quarter of an inch all over with 60, 70% of that being muscle tissue and a little bit of water, a little bit of fat. And arguably, so long as you don't let those things get out of control, you keep the ratios to where I'm talking about, the additional little bit of fat is actually going to support the muscle tissue. It's going to allow you better leverage in the gym. And it's probably, in my opinion, better done in the winter time or in the colder months uh, when you're more covered up. It's great for leverage of the gym, so you're pressing and your benching gets better and so on and so forth. It's certainly not getting lean. It's certainly not getting wrapped, uh, getting, get, getting ripped. And it's completely different cutting. Cutting is losing fat to let those muscles pop out and let everything be visible. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the only thing is, again, Steve, and it's this difference between bulking per se and what I would call a lean bulk. And a lean bulk is literally just adding muscle tissue. You stay ripped. It's just that little tiny bit harder, metabolically speaking, to get that bigger without the addition of a small amount of body fat. And that's why bulking for me does include a small amount of gained body fat. But it literally it shouldn't be crazy amounts. It's not an excuse to get fat or out of control or eat the ice cream till it comes out of your nose. Definitely not, Steve. So let's kind of get into first, talk about Sustanon, Mobster. And Sustanon, Geneza yeah. uh, Farmer, Sustanon most of the time comes in 250 milligram per milliliter. And that's how it was originally produced. So you basically had four different esters of the Sustanon. You've got the testosterone propionate, which is makes up 30 milligrams, testosterone phenylpropionate, which is more of a middle ester, 60 milligrams. Then you have a couple uh, intermediate to long ester, isocapriate, 60 milligram, and then extremely long ester, 15, 16 day half-life, testosterone decanate, 100 milligrams. So most of the Sussanon 250 is made up of very, very long ester to intermediate esters. So it's very important to understand that when you're running Sussanon, you decide to use Sussanon in. The benefit of the Sussanon is you can inject it infrequently. So what guys will do, they'll run a large amount infrequently. And the way Sussanon was originally designed, and a lot of people don't understand this or they don't want to understand this, but it was designed for testosterone replacement therapy. And the, the logic was you inject that one milliliter every three weeks, two and a half weeks, even four weeks. And that basically keeps stays in your system the entire most of the entire month so you have you don't have to inject it as much as cypodate or anethate and that was the logic behind it you know it wasn't designed to be injected every other day or every day i see people a lot injecting it every day or every other day and the reason they do that is because they see that it has testosterone propane and they're like oh my god testosterone propane i have to inject that at least every other day but the thing is, it's only 30 milligrams of the formula out of 250. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, Geneza Pharma has a, a Sussanon 270. Now you ask, what is the difference between the 250 and the 270? The only difference is with the 270, it's got an extra short ester. It's got testosterone acetate, 20 milligrams of that. 
So now you got 20 milligrams of acetate and 30 milligrams of propanate. Now the advantage of that, of those shorter esters, is that it's going to kick in faster. I hate using yeah. that word yes. kick in, but it's true. Yeah. It's going to, you'll feel it quicker. You'll have 50 milligrams of really short esters. So as soon as you inject it in your system, you're going to hit a peak of those shorter esters quicker in your system. About a week, week and a half, it'll be peaking in your system. The longer esters, like the decadent esters, can take five, six, seven weeks to peak in your system. So it kind of, each ester picks up after another. So a lot of guys exactly. really gravitate to this GP, Genesa Pharma 270, because when they're using it in a cycle, they want to feel more in a quicker amount of time. So it's almost like, running a kickstart in plus part of your sustenance. So it's really a brilliant concoction that they put together. Geneza doing this sustenance on 270. And it really solves a lot of issues that people have when it comes to, should I kickstart a cycle or not? So mobster, yeah, chime in on that. Your thoughts on it. I just, I, I'm going to use an analogy here, guys. I mean, one of the things I was going to say is if, if the best to check, and this is why we talk about research. And of course, it's why we do this podcast, Steve, as you know, what each ester does and how quickly or slowly it gets into the system. But the let me give you an analogy, guys, just to give you an example, how in, in the same kind of principle for GP SUS 270, right? So uh, when I had my supplement company, we were looking at what kind of carbohydrates that we wanted to introduce to our supplement line. It was uh, super cheap, uh, a decent seller, and we looked at a product called maltodextrin. And maltodextrin is essentially, Steve, a combination for energy purposes of short, medium, and long-chain triglycerides. In other words, guys, you get, as Steve just said, with regards to the SUS and the different esters, for energy purposes, you're getting energy, first thing, pretty much five minutes after you've taken it. So you get almost like sugar. And then you're getting a little bit of energy an hour later, but the sugar rush has gone between 20 and 40 minutes. So you're still getting energy from the medium chain. And then you're getting energy right up to tea time. It's that short, medium, and change triglyceride. It lasts all day long because you're getting a quick burst of energy, a, a slightly longer burst of energy, and then a much slower burst of energy. The same way that we would use uh, the GI index or the uh, the, the index for uh, carbohydrates is the same principle you could use here in terms of as an analogy for uh, the esters. A quick kick, a slightly longer kick, and then a much, much longer kick. In other words, you're going to get an effect very, very quickly, uh, which is quite – I mean, I'm not a fan of Steve knows of Kickstarters, but essentially the short rest of it acts like a Kickstarter. Then within a day or two, you'd pick up the short the short to medium-term esters, and then you're still – I mean, for me, Steve, when I've used SUS back in the day, off the top of my head, I believe I was injecting every four or five days, uh, and that suits me down to the ground, along with my other favourite, which we're going to discuss in another podcast. The two things combined meant I think it was only jabbing – uh, twice twice in a week, but pretty much in reality, I think it was every four to five days. So two times in 10 days and so on and so forth. And that's another great advantage of using a short, medium and train, short, medium and longer ester in a product like GP SUS270. That you, Steve. Let's talk about Sustanon again. It's made up, we, you know, we, we understand now it's made up of four or five different testosterone yeah. esters that are mixed together. Um, now it's important to understand testosterone as part of this. Now, different esters, they, the way that scientists put esters in these anabolic steroids, they did it for a reason. And as mobster alluded to, they did it 
so that it would build up in your system slower and it would also come out of your system slower. So that is the advantage of using esterified anabolic steroids. Now there is testosterone no ester, which is testosterone suspension and testosterone suspension is in and out of your system. Boom, 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 in and out. So it's not going to, it's not going to help you two days later, but if you take Sussanon, it's going to be in your system for weeks. And if you take it on a proper system, it's going to be in your system for weeks. Now, testosterone itself, it is, you know, the basically a lot of people call it the base of every cycle. Now, I don't agree that you necessarily have to run testosterone every cycle. There's some cycles where it's better not to run testosterone. And there's some cycles where it's a good idea to run testosterone. So, but testosterone overall, most people, when they run testosterone, they're going to be able to bulk very well on it because of the increase in appetite, because of the added water retention from it, because it is anabolic and androgenic. And because it does a great job of boosting protein synthesis, when you're using it at a dosage, which is higher than what your own body would produce. So your body produces around hundred milligrams a week of testosterone on its own. Okay. Assuming that your HPTA isn't fried. Okay. And you don't have some type of HPTA dysfunction. So when you add in any type of testosterone, in this case, the sustenone, it's going to replace what your body produces. So if you run, say, 500 milligrams of sustenone, you're going to be getting five times the amount of what your body normally produces. So you'll feel those androgenic effects. Anytime you run testosterone at a moderate dosage like that, it becomes very androgenic. And you're going to get a lot of side effects that come with it. Because you're running five times what your body normally produces. So the side effects you need to watch out for when you're running any type of testosterone, in this case, the sustenone, is the water retention, the estrogen issues, which can lead to gynecomastia. It can lead to higher blood pressure. It can lead to higher heart rate. It can lead to insomnia. It can lead to fatigue during the day. So it's important with the sustenone to use an aromatase inhibitor. And we're going to kind of talk more about how much to use in if you know down you know later on in this podcast we're going to talk about how to stack testosterone and sustenone correctly. So also yeah chime in on that one a little bit. I'm just thinking one thing here Stephen this I, I I should have probably mentioned it earlier on when we were discussing bulking guys. Uh as I said before sustenone is one of my favorite bulking drugs used in combination with another drug that we discussed in another podcast issue i've described on previous podcasts uh, that we've done for evolutionary etc etc um adding 20 pounds with the cycle that included sustenon and believe you and me that was in a relatively short period and again as i've discussed on other podcasts not necessarily wanting to retain 20 pounds I, I, I was 280 pounds i went up to 300 pounds something steve just mentioned <laughs> i've decided well, it was great, and it really was great. I was probably around my strongest and certainly my bulkiest at that point. Uh, t- training was awesome. Walking around, going up and down stairs, doing other stuff, not so much. So, yeah, I, I, and again, this is why I said, you know, that combination of muscle 
and and for earlier on, Steve, the the, the twenty pounds in a I think eight week cycle, possibly a ten week cycle. It's been a long time since I've done it. Uh, was a lot to gain, and outside of the gym was not as nice as you might think it would be. And I lived at that particular time, Steve, in what we call a two up, two down in this country, a small terraced house. And just walking upstairs with the additional 20 pounds on my body was not fun. And because I wasn't going, trying to retain it, I wasn't trying to keep that muscle tissue or the additional tissue that I gained on that particular cycle, I, I didn't get to get comfortable with it. I didn't have those three, four months that it takes me normally to adapt to, to a weight gain. So trust me, guys, there's... We see you talking about 20 pounds. I would prefer you to do a five or even a 10 pound bulk. I really would. And of course, that means, as Steve said, when we get into the doses, you can tweak the doses. I, I, my combination of drugs on that particular time was only at 675 milligrams a week. I've described how often I was been in. Um, but again, I wasn't trying to keep those 20 pounds. You might be. And so the ability to adapt to that weight gain is something that you might enjoy. I'm obviously a lot bigger than that now, but I got more used to this and I've had a much longer time to adapt to it. That's the disadvantage, Steve, I think sometimes, and sus, I really do love sus, um, of gaining a lot of weight very, very quickly. Uh, and then in my case, fortunately, stripping it back off again. You guys bulking, it's a bit different. If, had I run this earlier in my training, uh, when I was younger, I was 40 something, I believe, when I did that particular cycle. Yeah, I, I've, I'd have loved to have gained 20 pounds back in the days. Set up the best I think I'd done before that cycle, Steve, was 11 pounds on creatine, nine pounds changing my diet, that kind of stuff, and eat, having the weirdest weight gain number seven I mentioned earlier on. Yeah, that's just how fantastic it worked for me, Steve. But again, it wasn't fun because it was so quick, bulked up so much. It's a very high percentage, even in my body weight then. And uh, I was quite happy to see that drop back off. Had I been younger, gaining 20 pounds, adding 20 pounds of tissue uh, and giving myself time to accommodate it and get used to it is a different conversation. Lord only knows. I only ever run just a couple of times and it's still like in my top three, top four drugs ever. Next one we're going to talk about is our good friend, Trenbolone. Amber, yeah. and this Geneza special bulking we're stacking the Sustanon with our good friend, Trenbolone. So Trenbolone from Geneza, there's two different options. Very simple. You get Trenbolone acetate and Trenbolone enanthate. And we just talked about with Sustanon, how it has the Sustanon 270 has an extra acetate ester added to it. So that's kind of interesting. And then now we got the Trenbolone that's got acetate. So now with Sustanon, I would definitely consider it a long ester. So you should... You know, a lot of most of you out there, you're probably going to want to run Trimble and Enanthate with it. But since this, the Sustanon from GP270 has that extra acetate addition, then now we can be more flexible. So, yes, you can run Trend Ace, no problem with the Sustanon if you wanted to. So, um, at the end of the day, it, it you know, the only difference between the trend acetate and enanthate is the ester. It's one of them is you want to inject it once or twice a week. One of them you want to inject it three or four times a week. You know, that's that's pretty much the only difference between the two. Now, Trembolone, a lot of people, there's fallacy out there that Trembolone isn't a good bulker. And for some people, you know what? They take trend, they shred up, they get leaner, the muscle, you know, the muscles pop out. 
But, you know, the way the, the steroid is structured and the whole reason that it's used in veterinary medicine is to bulk up the cattle before, yes. you know, they take the cattle to be, um, you know, killed. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, to be sold. So, you know, they don't give it so that the cattle can get leaner. They want to get the cattle as big as possible so they get more, the most money out of it. And they want the, the cattle to have the most muscle possible so that they can have the most meat from it, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, this fallacy that trend is just the cutter is just not true. It's actually a fantastic bulker. When I run trend, literally within the first week or two, I'm already up six to eight pounds every time. It's just, just, it just builds. It just puts, puts mass into your muscles. It's, it's, it's an amazing nutrition partitioner when you take uh, tremolone. And the reason for that is it's so damn anabolic and so damn androgenic. On paper, five times more than testosterone. And in real life, you know, that's, that's a lot, you know, it translates to real life in this case, where basically you take it and your body becomes a sponge. So every time, the more you eat, the more you're going to bulk on it. And you have to eat on trend because if you don't eat on trend, if you don't carb up on trend, you'll start getting more side effects. And a lot of guys, a lot of these side effects that people complain about while they're on trend is because they're simply not getting enough carbs. So when you don't get enough carbs, then you, you get a lot of fatigue, you get the shakes, you get the insomnia, you get the sweats. But if you're feeding your body carbs throughout the day, then that will reduce these side effects tremendously in my experience. So it's really a good idea to be consuming a lot of good carbs. Rice cooker is what you want when you're using trend. Get a bunch of – get brown rice in bulk and, and cook, be cooking rice – Every day or every other day. Always have rice on hand. Good carbs. Sweet potatoes. Get a bunch of sweet potatoes. Always have them on hand. Get it, get, you know, learn to make potatoes. You know, a lot of good carbs. Fruit. Fruit is your friend on trend. Get a lot of fruit, you know, in your body. Berries and citrus and tropical fruits. Those are wonderful because they add a lot of electrolytes to your body. That's another thing with trend, mobster, is a lot of people complain about the trend pumps. And that they're crippling yeah. and they're working out and they have to stop their workout because the pumps hurt too much. Well, that's because your electrolytes are off. Load up on water, load up yeah. on your fruits, especially your tropical fruits, which are full of electrolytes. The vitamins and the minerals from those fruits will help. So those are your friends. Do not fast when you're on trend. Do not fast on trend. Very, very important because with trend, you've got to be eating throughout the day it's one of those things you have to eat throughout the day because if you fast half the day your side effects are going to get brutal on it you're going to start getting the shakes you're going to have a hard time sleeping at night so you need to basically spread out your carbs throughout the day with trend that's how you that's how you manage the side effects and train at the end of the day like i said it turns your your muscles into a sponge and your muscles are going to want to suck up everything that you throw at them this is why it's going to be so easy for you to bulk on trend and this is why this stack together is just a tremendous stack for bulking i mean if you can't bulk on this stack mobster then i, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> I'm, I'm lost on that one. so what you talk about yep. i'm just thinking first first trend tip number one and i say this as someone who's never run trend but steve and i have talked about trend before trend tip number one is try 
whether it's a shorter rest. Or, I would actually suggest, guys, that you try the shorter rest first. We discuss in another podcast, Steve, the idea of using the acetate as a, because it's so quick in and so quick out in comparison to the NM fate, use that one first. Because if you don't like the side effects, then you've only got to worry about it for a day or two. Whereas if you don't like the side effects and you're using an amphate version, it's going to be that much longer in your system and you're going to have to struggle with it for that much longer. That's number one. So do that. Do that on another cycle before you do this. Uh, if need be, guys, and, and you've never used it before, run it on its own just for a little bit. Again, for that particular reason, before you start the bulking part of the cycle properly and introduce the sus. Secondly, on that basis, and assuming that you're okay, or you, you feel, as, especially with the tips Steve just gave you, that you're able to manage the side effects, I would probably choose the longer ester. Literally just because it's uh, sustenon in combination with Trent, two longer esters if you're using the EM fate version. Less simple as, guys, honestly. Uh, unless you're some sort of freak and you specifically like giving yourself injections daily or every other day. It's a lot easier to just pin the two every three, four, five days. That that works for me, and I can concentrate on my training, and I can concentrate on eating my food. And then that 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 there's so there's two trendships right there. Definitely listen to what Steve just said. Go back, re-listen if you need to, guys, about making sure that your food is good. Hydration. I mean, actually, Steve really talk about hydration in a much bigger way for bulking cycles because for me and we talked about water retention sometimes there's a little element of that and i discussed it earlier on with you guys and if you change your diet which we'll get into at the end and we talk about training etc etc as a way of retaining the tissue i want to be hydrated and i especially i don't mind a little bit of water retention what i don't want to be doing is firstly i don't want to be dealing with issues of cramps i don't want my blood pressure going up and down that's something else you need to think about when you're doing bulking. And that's not just using steroids. That's specifically because you're adding body weight. Uh, something else you want to think about with regards to bulking again, guys. And this is another reason why I would keep a bulk really under 10 pounds, ideally, is it changes how you sleep. And trend helps you with that sometimes in terms of one of the side effects, Steve. So gaining 20 pounds is actually kind of hard on the system and can upset your sleep a little bit. And trend or so-called transomnia, which some of you guys may not know about if you've never used trend before, which is another reason why you want to run the tips I've just given you, is literally where the metabolism goes into overdrive. That's why it's such a bulker, as Steve said. But it also means that you're kind of burning up a little bit and your metabolism, it becomes kind of irritating to the point where it wakes you up at night, so with the sweats and so on. So the trend sweats, the transomnia and so on and so forth. So that's another reason why I would run the shorter versus the ACE first just as a test to see how i get on with it there are many many members uh, that hate strain side effects and there are just as many members that love training and think it's the king of all steroids if you can use it and you don't struggle with the side effects or you don't even mind the side effects then the longer ester would be my choice every single time but run the shorter ester first if you've never used it before just to see how you manage you might not like it. There are other things and other choices that you can get from GP. So, yeah, what about you, Steve? Well, what about me, buddy? I mean, I'll tell you, Trent, when I ran Trent, uh, I mean, I had already read so many stories about Trent. 
from people. Yeah. I knew going into it what to expect. I knew about the risks and the side effects, and um, it blew me away. Even knowing some of the other stories from guys, it, it just blew me away. Um, one of the side effects with trend as well to look out for is the trend cough. And I knew going into it that that was a possibility. Yeah. And what I, what I found with the trend cough, I'll give you guys a couple tips with trend cough. So trend cough, basically what it is, you're injecting and some of the oil gets into like a vein or a, a blood vessel and it travels to the lung and it travels to the lungs and irritates the lungs. So then you start coughing, you're coughing. You're coughing. Now I've had this happen, not just with trend. I've had it happen with testosterone as well. So, and it seems to me to always have to do with accidentally nicking a vein or nicking a blood vessel, because when you pull out, there's always blood, a lot of blood. So it's definitely has to do with that. It's not going to kill you. It's not dangerous, but just be aware that's happening. So if you feel it coming on, abort the injection right away. Don't just go ahead and finish the injection because that's not, you know, going to help the situation, obviously. And it can get dangerous as well. I mean, if you're coughing up a lung and you've got a, a needle stuck in you, that's not good, right? <laughs> so you want to basically pull out if you feel it coming on. Um, and you'll know it's coming on. It's just you'll you'll start feeling this 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 where you can't breathe. Now, <clears throat> a couple tips I can give you for, for trend cough. Number one is use a shorter needle. Because if you use a shorter needle, it won't get deep into the blood vessel. And I found that um, if you use like a slim pin to inject a little bit of trend at a time, that can help with the trend cough. Mixing the trend with another oil and diluting it will help with the trend cough as well. Um, so in this case, you want to mix some of the trend with some sustenance on when you inject it. And that will kind of, that will help. Instead of, you know, injecting 100% trend balone, solution you're injecting let's say 40 or 50 percent trembling solution with the sustenance so it kind of takes takes the edge off and then the third is you know what i've been saying is avoid injecting near blood vessel so if you have a history of injecting in a spot and you tend to hit nick a vein or nick a blood vessel when you inject and you pull out and there's a lot of blood or something avoid that area find spots where you are confident that you won't accidentally hit a vein and then that will that will help with the trend cough right there. And just where you're injecting is important. Make sure you're injecting in a place where you get the trend cough. I like to inject near a bathroom. This way, if the trend cough comes, I can run to the bathroom, get in the shower, get on my hands and knees, and just cough for the next 30, 40 seconds and cough up all that phlegm out of my body and not make a mess you know, in the house. And then you might throw up in the process because you're coughing so hard. So I want to make sure you, you get to the bathroom where it's safe. You just get on your hands and knees and it, it will pass. So uh, be aware that I, I hear so many stories of guys who have gotten trend cough and they come on the forum. They're like, oh, look what happened to me. Like ran trend. They didn't know that they were getting trend cough. Yes. It's like, dude, you got to do the research. Yes. Listen, you got to listen to our podcast and know that this is a possibility so that when it does happen, You'll know exactly what is going on like I did the first time I got it. Yeah. And you'll be able to safely get through it. And if you've got people living in your house that run up to you and they're like, oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? You, you can tell them, hey, yeah, I'm injecting this anabolic steroid and it, 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 it can irritate the lungs. It's nothing dangerous, blah, blah, blah. This way they don't call 911 and you got the ambulance coming to your house. And then now you got a, a fifteen hundred dollar ambulance bill that that you get, <laughs> you know, in the in the mail. 
Yeah, you don't have to worry about that at, in, in, in Britain, uh, mobster. But we do here. We we get we yeah, get read on, on healthcare. In for a second here. I'm going to echo exactly what Steve was. I've been signaling in, uh, Steve's me here. I want to echo exactly what you said. What sometimes happens on the forums, and again, it's just new users and the guys who haven't done the research. You're listening to this podcast. You are doing your research. That you're becoming informed. Remember what Steve just said. If you've done your research and you get the trink off, you know what it is. And you know it's going to pass. 20, 40 seconds, like Steve said. What we sometimes see, and it's kind of silly when you think about it, in the age where information has never been more available than it is right now, the guys have panic attacks. And they have panic attacks. And this can happen on any steroid, as you know, Steve, if, if you nick yourself, if it doesn't go quite right. And especially if you're not used to injecting steroids or giving yourself an injection full stop. Um, and essentially, you'll get a small dose of anxiety, a little bit of adrenaline hits this system, and you kind of just briefly, just for a little while, and I mean 20 to 40 seconds here, kind of go into panic mode. And so guys will say, well, I took this the other day, and I had a massive anxiety attack. No, you didn't. You had a physical reaction to the fact that you were nervous about injecting steroids. Now, if you want to call that an anxiety attack, fine. But in reality... It lasted next to no time at all. You didn't have to breathe into a bag of whatever else. It was just a physical response to an injection, the same way you'd have a physical response if I punched you in the face. Now, with anxiety, with trend, you may get that trend cough. And as Steve said, he's described to you what is happening within the body. And he's also said to you, it only lasts 20 to 40 seconds. So let's assume that you got it. Literally just sit down and cough that bitch out. And then change the site, change the way that you inject, like Steve said. You can negate how badly it's going to be. But even if you had it every single time you get on injection, that would be 20 to 40 seconds once or twice a week. So literally, I'm going to give myself this train, I'm going to cough, and in 20 to 40 seconds, it's going to pass. Fine. Boom. Now I'm going to go hit the gym. Now I'm going to go smash the granny out of the weights. And I'm going to bulk like a motherfucker. So it's it's... It's, again, not every single person's going to have it. No, you're not going to get it if you do what Steve Billy said with regards to the tips. And and the, the number one thing that's going to happen, if, especially even if you've got it every single time, is you're going to know what it is. You haven't swallowed an insect. You're not having a heart attack. You're not having an embolism. It is just a chain cough, and it'll pass in 20 to 40 seconds. So for me, assuming one day not too distant from now that I take train and I had the cough, I'll be right. This is a motherfucker, but I'll be right in a minute. So let's crack on. You know what I mean, Steve? Honestly, if you're not familiar, if you're not doing your research, and again, like I said, guys, you're listening, so you are. This one sometimes happened to a few users and it's an even smaller amount kind of get freaky on it. There's nothing to get freaky about. It will pass. If you're still coughing 50 to 20 minutes later, you might have problems, but 20 to 40 seconds, minute at the maximum so yeah again the only other one i've i've, I've not personally experienced even i mentioned it earlier on some of my buddies have had is the, the so-called chain sweats and and again you're talking about not lean individuals my, my buddies were all strength athletes back in the day when we had these conversations they they were 100 kilos 220 pounds up to 150 160 kilos 352 370 pounds steve and trend at that size they are not lean. They're carrying some bulk. They're carrying some fat. They don't need to be lean. Although strength athletes have actually kind of got leaner over time. It's only 20-odd years. Um, 
they they struggle with the sweating of a night time to the point where if they were with their wives, their girlfriends, their partners, or whatever, uh, it wasn't unusual to get up and take the t-shirt off and change the bedding. But again, that's something they learn to get used to. And strange as it might seem, just having a bottle of water or, or some sort of diluted uh, drink by the side of the bed helped. And another one would be a fan on the body, Steve, as you know. Uh, Make sure the windows kept open, or blowing just having sheets on you uh, to keep cool. So it's again, guys, you're trying to make the body change. You're trying to add in a very short period of time a big piece of muscle tissue, a little bit of body fat, and we're talking about eight, nine, ten, twelve weeks here, and you're talking about eight, nine, ten, twelve, as even as much as I say, twenty pounds. So the issue, the issue here is metabolically speaking, it's a lot to do on the body in a relatively short period of time. And it's going to have its effects. It's going to have its effects with your metabolism. It's going to have effects with your sweat. It's going to have, it might have that cough. And it's just going to be one of those things, like I said, with you guys getting used to the fact that you've gained a lot of weight in a relatively short time. Now, we'll get into the trips and techniques in a little while as to how to maintain that new size. Back to you, Steve. So a couple, let me give you a couple tips on those side effects. The sweats. Now, there's different types of sweats with the trend. There's the sweats that you're going to get during the day when you're training. My advice is train in a gym that has a good air conditioning system, fans, all that good stuff. Very, very important. Um, also dress light. So don't go to the gym and train in, you know, um, a, you know, a hoodie or a sweater or anything like that. You know, tank top and light shorts, train, train in that. This will, this will help keep your skin cold. You can throw some water on your skin, take a cold shower before your workout, take a cold shower during your workout, take a cold shower after the workout, cool the body down. Some drinks, you know, add some ice to your drinks. At night, as Mobster mentioned, fans. If you're a light sleeper like me, dual current DC fans, those are the ones to get because those dual current fans, they don't make as much noise as a regular fan. You can go on Amazon and look look what they sell. Um, I have ceiling fans that are dual current ceiling fans. I paid a, I paid a pretty penny for them, but they're quiet and uh, they don't make noise like other fans. So uh, fans are your friend. Also sleeping, sleep naked, sleep in a sheet, have your air conditioning lower. Don't use trend during the summer months. Uh, if it's hot where you live, don't use it. Use it during the cooler months because you're going to feel hot on trend like all day and all night. Yeah. So just make sure that you're hydrating. And yes, you will have to drink during the night. When you get up on trend to go to the bathroom, it's so easy to get dehydrated. You want to make sure that you're hydrating constantly, even if it means you have to get up to take a leak at night, which is a pain in the butt, but that's what you got to mm -hmm. do. So your hydration um, on trend, I've always on my trend cycles gotten like heat exhaustion and thrown up at least once because I got kind of behind the ball. I wasn't hydrating enough. I didn't hydrate before bed enough. I didn't hydrate when I woke up enough. I may have eaten something I shouldn't have. I got maybe motion sickness. I remember I went on a fishing trip. I went on a fishing trip. I got seasick. I started throwing up and it was a disaster. And I was in the middle of a trend cycle. Absolute disaster. I was pissing brown. That's how much my oh, body was. Yeah, it was really bad. Like I literally could have died if, if, you know, I, I came close to dying. You're out there for 10 hours on a fishing boat, throwing up nonstop. That's not a good idea to be on trend. So don't plan any 
Don't plan to go to an amusement park where there's roller coasters. Don't plan to take vacations where you're on a, a long flight and you could get a mo you know, air sick. Don't plan going out on a boat when you're on trend. So yes, you have to move your life around when you're doing trend because it's that potent. You know, you want to make sure you're all, all your ducks in a row before starting it. So I'm sure chime in that a little bit and we got to discuss stacking it because it's, it's very important to stack these things correctly. Right, so positive, guys. We've told you about trends negatives, and that's to be, be, be we want to make sure that you're informed and you know what's going on, you know what's going to happen. Positive, Steve. Those people that like trend, don't like trend, they love it. And I mean love it. Uh, I think Steve's used this phrase before. He felt like a beast on it. Uh, and... I would even argue with regards to bulk and full stop, and especially if you combine it with such like we talked about from GP, you're going to feel like a monster. And I'm in a, in a good way, Steve. You're going to just feel like an absolute beast. Um, and bulking for me is always being about adding a lot of weight, not but physically, but to the bar. So I'm going to go to the gym. For me, a bulking cycle is a strength cycle. And a strength cycle, as I'll give you an example, guys. Um, uh, using SUS with another drug, another bulking drug we're going to discuss in another podcast, I would add 20 kilograms, which is 44 pounds, to my bench press. And I was talking about my PB. So my PB off pre-bulk would be, for arguments, like 170 kilos. And my PB on was 190 kilos. And 190 kilos for you American guys is 418 pounds. So a 44-pound difference. And you could do the same on pretty much every other exercise that I was doing. Squats, bench, press, you name it. I think my, my press would go up 22 pounds as a, from, my, from my top weight off to my top weight on. So you feel like a monster. I mean, Steve, bulking, even at 10 pounds, is on a normal-sized person, is an inch all over. I'm talking about a slightly taller individual, in my case, 20 pounds and 20 pounds is two inches steve it's two inches on your arm now in my particular case being six foot three it wasn't but it was still over an inch and it means that your clothes feel tighter and again this is in a good way steve thick shoulders thick chest arms filling out your sleeves on your t-shirts if they didn't before having to use looser clothing because you've added so much weight that extra large doesn't fit anymore now it's the double xl so the positive, Steve, is feeling the size of a... You're, if you're a big guy, you're starting to adjust yourself going through doorways. This is the kind of... This is the reason why people bulk. Yeah, and you're doing it because you're trying to put on lean muscle tissue. So even after the bulk, we're talking about retaining as much of that tissue as possible. Steve, reiterate, how did you feel like when you was on trend, the positives? Yeah, I mean, you feel like... Uh an animal on it um basically it makes you feel incredible and one of the things too we've talked about on previous podcasts is the mental changes that you experience on trend just the the reason yeah. it's a relationship killer and um you know we've talked about that on prior podcasts and we'll definitely get into that on future podcasts as well i'm going to kind of go over why trembolone is a relationship killer and the way it affects your ne neurotransmitters and kind of dig into the science a little bit more um, so guys, definitely check out our other podcasts, past and present. 
All right, so the next thing we're gonna um, talk about is stacking. In Sustanon and Trend, there's so many different ways to stack these two. So you can go the conservative route and stack 250 milligrams of Sustanon and 250 milligrams of Trembolone. And trust me on this, it's plenty to get results. Or yeah. you could be more aggressive. We got guys on the form. We had a couple guys on the form who are absolute beasts. And they run these higher doses. If you do 500 milligrams of each, oh, my God. Just doing 500 milligrams of trend by itself is a hell of a yeah. stack. But stacking yeah. Sussanon with it, 500 milligrams, whoop, that's crazy. Or you can do 500 milligram trend and 250 Sussanon. Or you can reverse it. You can do 500 milligram Sussanon, 250 trend. What is now, how do you determine which is best for you? Okay. I think if you're new, this is your first time stacking these, just start out with 250 of each. And then if, and then as you gain experience, then you can play around. You can do one 500, the other one 250. And then as you gain more experience, you can try 500 of each and then go from there. Now, guys at the high level, the pro bodybuilders, they're running more. They're running 750. They're running a thousand. So if you're at that level, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to run more, obviously, right? If you want to compete, guys who are going on stage, they're running a lot of trend. All right. We know that. So, but in this situation, most of you listening, you're just normal Joes like me and mobster. You know, you might compete here and there, like me and mobster, but you just want a good stack. I would say 250 to 500 milligrams of each, plenty to get results. How long to run it? That's a very, very important question. Now, with Sussanon, mostly made up of long esters, technically, you should be running Sussanon at least 12 weeks, at least 14 weeks, at least 18 weeks, right? Because it takes wow. so long. Those longer esters, the decanate ester is going to take seven weeks to even reach peak in your system. But it's okay. You know, we can, we can sacrifice some of that peak in the body to basically to basically take care of our body. So I don't recommend running trend longer than eight weeks. I don't. So what you could do here is you could run the trend for the eight weeks and stop the trend and then continue on with the sustenance. So you're running the sustenance the whole way. I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. So you're running sustenance and trend for eight weeks, and then you stop the trend at eight weeks, and then you can continue running the sustenance if you so choose. But if you want to just stop everything at eight weeks, that's also up to you. It's not going to kill you to stop everything at eight weeks. But, you know, you only had one week of that decanate ester peaking in your system. That makes sense. So there's a lot of ways to run these. That, that's that's my point. There's a lot of different ways to, to, to run it. So it really depends on you and what you can tolerate. So, Mamsha, why don't you chime in on, on that? Just, just to clarify something that Steve Smith just said, and this is well worth thinking about, guys, and it doesn't just apply to a long-acting trend and uh, a long-acting, as we know it already is, a Sustanon, especially the Sustanon 270 from GP. It applies to any long-acting uh, esterized steroid. Right, so here's the thing, guys. When you stop the cycle, there's still anabolic steroids in your system. And in the case of Sustanon specifically, it's in your system for quite a while afterwards. So arguably, Steve, one could even go so far as to say the peak levels would stop when you stop the cycle. But the length, and especially because you're building up to that peak level, 
it's going to be it's going to take weeks to come out of your system it's going to take minimum two weeks to come out in any meaningful way and it's still going to be in your system in much smaller smaller amounts as we know with regards to half-lives and the stuff leaving your system very slowly for longer but the meaningful part would be for example let's say that we did exactly what steve said and we did eight weeks of trend if we run in trend in amphate for example I would be looking really, it's kind of like another week, Steve, in terms of how long it's in your system and for you to still be getting the effects of it. Uh, in the case of Sustanon, as Steve said, when it was used as TRT dosing, arguably every two weeks, as he mentioned earlier on, that's how long you're going to feel the meaningful effects of Sustanon, even if you stopped at eight weeks. And as Steve said, why, why do that? I would probably look, Steve, in my case, as you know, I've always been a low-dose kind of guy, and I have run a 16-week cycle back in the day. Wasn't keen on it, didn't like it. So I would prefer eight to 10 weeks of either of these two, especially in combination. But realistically, guys, if I stopped at 10 weeks, I think you're still going to be feeling the effects as though you were still injecting at 10 weeks, two more weeks, sorry. And therefore, it's only at the end of those additional two weeks when it starts to drop off in a way that I wouldn't be feeling the effects in my body. So it's kind of like doing an eight-week cycle, but doing it for 10, or a 10-week cycle, but actually feeling the effects for 12. So keep that in mind, guys. When you stop a cycle, there's still anabolic steroids in the case of the longer esters in your system. And the case, as we know, for example, with tesipionate for a lot longer, 16, 20 days, guys, in a meaningful way that is in your system. You might not feel like Superman anymore, but you still don't feel like the Joe that you was when you started pre-cycle. Keep that in mind. Long esters, longer in the system, even after the last injection, even after, quote, unquote, the end of the cycle. We have that in mind. Let's uh, talk about bulking do's and don'ts before we finish off, Steve. Yeah, so, you know, we talked a lot about do's and don'ts on here. Gave you guys a lot of tips. I think with bulking, the key thing, I know officer knows what's coming on this, but the key thing, and this is a mistake that a lot of guys do, especially guys, who have my background, even skinny all their lives, is they want to get big. They want to get big fast at all costs. Yes. And this is a mistake. It's a mistake, not just because if you put on too much weight too fast, it's extremely unhealthy. But it's also you're putting on a lot of fat, and a lot of that fat is going to be difficult to get rid of. So my advice is take your time. Be patient, all right? This is not This is a marathon and not a sprint. So don't screw up your body fat levels by being impatient. Don't screw up your health by being impatient. If you can run a seven minute mile and you run a stack like this and you put on a bunch of weight and you bulk too fast, now you go from running a seven minute mile to a 13 minute mile. You just crapped on your entire conditioning and endurance. And that's going to have repercussions, you know, on your heart health and stuff. So yeah, you can absolutely destroy your heart health by being greedy. So Bulking, like I said at the beginning, bulking doesn't mean hopping on cycle like some of your friends are doing and some of your friends have done and putting on 20, 25 pounds. Because on this stack, you can do that. Hit the buffet three times a day, snack in between meals, work out like a maniac, and you know, don't run an AI. And that will be the result. So on this stack, very, very important to run an aromatized inhibitor. I see so many guys who don't run an, an aromatized inhibitor like a Romacin or an Arimidex, 
and they just put on a bunch of water weight because they're so desperate to bulk or they're so desperate not to be skinny anymore. And that's a mistake because that's not that, that all that water that you're adding is going to have health ramifications and it could lead to gynecomastia. It can lead to a lot of side effects and uh, like high blood pressure, insomnia, and all those other things. It's just going to compound the problem. So it is very important on this cycle to run an aromatase inhibitor, depending on how much of the sustenon you're running. So a good rule of thumb, if you're running, let's say, 500 milligrams of sustenon, you want to run, I would say, around 12.5 milligrams three times a week of aromasin. If you run 250 of the sustenon, you want to run about 10 milligrams twice a week of aromasin. And that's kind of what you can go from there. Now, here's a tip to give you. Now, those of you out there, you're like, well, I'm just going to run blood work on cycle and then adjust my AI dose. Here's the problem with that. Trenbolone can show up in a, on a lot of blood work as estrogen. So when you're running a cycle like this, and you're like, well, I'm just going to run blood work. That's I, Look, I give you all the credit for thinking like that, but it won't work here because this, the trembolone is going to throw off your estrogen number where you're not going to be able to judge how much estrogen is, how, how elevated estrogen is in your body. So you have to know this going in. So this is why it's important not to run trend as a first cycle. You need to run testosterone or sustenone beforehand and know how much of an AI I need to run. And then this way, when you do stack the trend, you'll know exactly, yeah, I need to run this much of an AI. So that's that's a really good tip to, to give you. And then at the end of the day, as Mobster mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know this is coming as well. So my second tip is eat clean, all right? Yes. Don't eat crap on yes. this cycle. Eat clean. Eat a lot of food, but eat a lot of clean food, all right? Yeah. And prep your food properly. Stay away from the refined oils. If you're using vegetable oil or you know any, any of these uh, seed oils, throw them away. They should not be going in your body. Do not cook your food. Canola oil, vegetable oil, any of these oils, they're all refined crap. Throw them away. Use unrefined, cold-pressed coconut oil. That should be the only oil you cook with going forward. And then you can use spices, you know, salt, pepper, paprika, any of these spices that don't irritate the stomach. Stick to low FODMAP spices. I'm not a fan of garlic and onions, but if you can tolerate them, go for it. But a lot of you can't tolerate garlic or onions. So if you're eating and then you're feeling sick and you're getting diarrhea because you're eating the wrong things, what's that going to do to your hydration while you're on trend? It's going to make the situation worse and it's going to make you sick it's going to hurt your workouts. So eating correctly on this cycle is crucial. The, the worse you eat on this cycle, the more stress you put on your gut, the more stress you put on your body, and the more side effects you're going to get. Does that make sense? So make sure you're eating clean. You can eat more, but eat clean. So Mobster, why don't you give us a couple final tips? I was thinking a couple of things. If it's Steve, number one, 1,001% agree with Steve. And I said this right at the beginning. It is not an excuse when you're bulking to eat crap. It really is not. It does. I love ice cream, guys, but it's not an excuse to smash the Ben and Jerry's on the Hagen Das or any of your other favorite ice cream brands down the back of your neck and eat chocolate and eat cakes and say, I'm on a bulk because you're just going to get fat. You might have a little bit more carbohydrate, sugar energy, 
but really you're going to get fat. So realistically, and again, like I said earlier on, ideally you're looking at a lean bulk, especially if you're more the bodybuilder than the weightlifter, strength athlete like myself. So here's what I would do if I was more of a bodybuilder. I would honestly stay, I would do two small changes. One would be a meal prep type meal, 500 calories, balanced fruit, vegetables, protein in there, meat, whatever. Literally like a Tupperware tub that you see people doing meal prep stuff in and just that would be my, I would do what my normal diet that already supports the size that I am already. Let's say for argument's sake, 3,000 calories a day. And I would have an additional 500 calorie meal, another way of putting in protein and carbohydrates, but from good sources, from fresh vegetables, good meat sources, good fish or chicken sausages, sources. The other thing I would probably do, Steve, and I literally, I mean, honestly, guys, it would be like, I know Steve's not a fan, but I would have like one more protein shake or I would double up on what I'm having in my training day and non-training day for that matter, protein shake. That's another thing, guys, and, and it's a silly thing in terms of weight gain or whatever else. I sometimes see this. Um, guys that eat a certain amount of protein or whatever on training days and then don't do that on their rest days and literally making a small change to your rest day nutrition, in other words, having it the same as you have on your training days, is an, it, it, for some guys, that's another five or 600 calories. It's 1,800 calories a week. Uh, those three days that you're not training on, typically, that makes a small difference. But for me, Steve, as I say, a small, healthy meal, that might be a very late night snack for some people, depends. It might actually mean if some of you guys are out there grinding away, doing manual laboring type job, it might just mean more food in your lunch pack. It might mean more food at your breakfast table. But if you're not like that, and we know that the typical weightlifter, but it's very rare that they're on construction sites, that's just the nature of the average Joe that trains. It's going to be a small, additional, healthy, high-protein meal. And in my case, I would add one to two scoops. One might be added to my regular protein drink, or I might have an additional protein drink during the daytime, Steve. And that those two things together, you're looking at six or 700 clean calories. And honestly, guys, the combination of the steroids with the training and another six or 700 as, as a starting point, really, for some people, clean calories, end of the week, pound, two pounds, end of the cycle, six, seven, eight pounds. And uh, we're getting to another podcast about retention, because there's one thing to bulk up. It's the, sec the second part. The key part for me, Steve, isn't just the bulk. It's retaining the tissue after the cycle, which we'll address in another podcast. But let each of you guys know what to do on cycle while you're bulking. Anyway, guys, as always, please note, if you're not doctors and your opinions on these shows are hours and hours alone, is our views based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.